Oh, clap your hands one more time and shout to God with a voice of triumph. He is worthy of praise. He's worthy of praise. Hallelujah. I am thankful to be in the house of the Lord tonight. I'm thankful for those that are on live stream, but I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight with the people of God praising, joining my faith to your faith, connecting our faith together. Amen. Why don't you just turn around to somebody, tell them you're glad to see them in the house of the Lord tonight. Tell them God's got something great for them. Amen. Speak a word of encouragement to somebody. God is in control. He's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. The Lord has been stirring my spirit the last several days and especially the last 24 hours and more especially the last two or three hours this afternoon. I was just trembling in the office and I believe the, one, the Lord wants to speak to us tonight and stir something in us. Help us to understand some things. I'm thankful for all of you. I'm thankful for the church, and I'm thankful for our leadership, our ministry team, our music team. We appreciate everything. Appreciate everything that they're doing for the house of the Lord. Amen. I feel such a great presence of God we are these are not introductory remarks and these are not marks of or remarks of redundancy but we are living in the the single most unique time in most of our lifetimes and navigating through all of this and emerging Successful, successfully on the other side and doing exactly what God wants us to do has only been accomplished by the leading of the Spirit of God. Only He knows what lies ahead. Only He knows the full implications, impact, and reasons for what we have experienced. And this is not a this is not a weighted out thing. We have said that numerous times through this. Every day we have to be doing the will of God and we have to make sure that whatever has happened does not suck the life out of the church and that we don't become laissez-faire and, and that we don't let the carnal minds dictate the direction, the rhythm, and the tone 
of the church. I'm aware that cameras are rolling. But I have had pastors of late tell me we don't, we don't have Sunday night anymore. Why? Because people won't come up. They won't show up. They, they won't come. Oh, well, I didn't know that that was the litmus test. I, I didn't know that we needed everybody to show up to gather in the house of the Lord. Amen. I think if you, I think if you light a fire, people will at least come to watch it burn. But I want to thank you for being faithful on Sunday nights through this whole season. We have had tremendous crowds and tremendous moves of God, some of them unprecedented. And I have not gotten any kind of debriefing on our 2 p.m. services today. I have, I'm confident that they were powerful and Amen. But I was I was here for the morning service. And if you missed this morning, what an amazing display of God's power in this place. And I'm thankful that it's happening on every campus. I'm thankful for it, and that's, that's because of leadership on every campus. We don't take that, we don't take that for granted. Romans chapter 9, verse 9, I, I do apologize. Um, it slips my mind every time that on our screens we don't, we don't have the Living Bible translation. We're going to work to get that. Um, but in transferring my scriptures, I got them to the team. Just not long before prayer started. And they reminded me we don't have the Living Bible translation. So there is a reason why I'm reading it out of the Living Bible. And I want us to understand what this translation is saying tonight that is not dissimilar from the King James Version. It's just that some of these passages in Romans can get a little arduous and entangled somewhat in the King James Version. So I'm reading it here because of the clarity of it. And if you're a guest, our base and foundation translation is the King James Version. But I'm reading out of the Living Bible tonight. And I want you to listen very carefully to these words. There's going to be a lot of verses read tonight in the context of these three chapters starting in chapter 9. And not one of them is wasteful to the subject matter tonight. I want you to pay attention to what Paul is saying here to the church at Rome. For God had promised to Abraham, next year I will give you and Sarah a son. And years later, when this son Isaac was grown up and married and Rebekah, his wife, 
was about to bear him twin children. They were twins, but they were not alike. God told her that Esau, the child first, child that was born first, would be a servant to Jacob, his twin brother. In the words of the scripture, he said, I chose to bless Jacob, but not Esau. And God said this before the children were ever born, before they had done anything, either good or bad. This proves that God was doing what he had decided from the beginning. It was not because of what the children did, but because of what God wanted and chose. Was God being unfair? Of course not. For God had said to Moses, if I want to be kind to someone, I will. And I will take pity on anyone I want to. Verse 16, and so God's blessings are not given just because someone decides to have them or works hard to get them. They are given because God takes pity on those he wants to. Now he gives an example here and he said Pharaoh, king of Egypt, was an example of this fact. For God told him he had given him the kingdom of Egypt for the very purpose of displaying the awesome power of God against him so that all the world would hear about God's glorious name. So you see, God is kind to some just because he wants to be. And he makes some refuse to listen. He makes some refuse to listen. Well then, why does God blame them for not listening? Haven't they done what he made them do? No. Don't say that. Who are you to criticize God? I'm reading straight from the Living Bible. Should the thing made say to the one who made it, Why have you made me like this? When a man makes a jar out of clay, doesn't he have a right to use the same lump of clay to make one jar beautiful, to be used for holding flowers in another to throw garbage into. Does not God have a perfect right to show his fury and power against those who are fit only for destruction? Those he has been patient with for all of this time, and he has a right to take others, such as ourselves, who have been made for pouring the riches of his glory into, whether we are Jews or Gentiles and to be kind to us so that everyone can see how very great his glory is. This title, if you will, that I'm giving this tonight will seem a little off from what I've just read, but you'll understand, and I want to talk to you tonight about branches. Everybody say branches. branches. Amen. The Lord is... The Lord is trying desperately to find the people that will let him be God. Stop trying to tell God what the church is supposed to look like. God has a plan. 
God's always had a plan. This is not man's church. It's God's church. It's God's church. And the Lord does not need our counsel. He does not need our instruction or our advice. He's looking for people that will let him be the God that he is. I want you to pray with me right now. If you would, Father, we need you in this place. I pray that you would help us to do your perfect will in this place tonight. I pray that you would open the eyes of our understanding. Help us, God, to understand your word, your ways. Let the flow of your spirit take us where you want us to go. Help us, God, to feel the divine unction of the Spirit of God working in this place. I pray that every human being in this place, no matter what age, background, I pray that you would bring us together in perfect unity and help us to hear the word of the Lord tonight. And everybody said in Jesus' name, you may be seated. Just as a brief, a brief summary, even though I think it was pretty clear what Paul was saying, just a brief summary. Paul was using the birth of Jacob and Esau as an example of God's sovereignty to choose and to decide. And the Lord, as we know, is not limited by time, so he sees the end from the beginning. And he's able to declare while a child is yet in the womb the purpose of the birth of that child. As human beings, because we, we are not him, we don't see as he sees and we don't know as he knows, it does, in fact, and Paul asks the question, but it does, in fact, feel as if that God is not fair, that he would choose one to bless and the other to be cursed. And the elder would serve the younger before the children were ever born. It was based on nothing that they had done, but simply the sovereignty of God. It shakes me a bit more when I, when I read his words about Pharaoh, king of Egypt, whom he gives as an example. And he gave Pharaoh a kingdom for the very purpose of displaying his awesome power against Pharaoh and the nation of Egypt. So just because you have a kingdom, doesn't mean you have salvation. And it seems by reading this that Pharaoh was doomed from the beginning. That his entire life he had been groomed to have this kingdom that would rule the world. 
And yet in the end, God would raise up a fledgling family. In a time of a famine, they would migrate to Egypt. And they would multiply in a land that he destined for them to inherit called Goshen within the land of Egypt. And they would become the greatest nation and have the blessings of God. And Pharaoh would end up suffering a catastrophic demise. But Paul said it was in the mind of God from the beginning and that it illustrates God's perfect right to show his fury and power against those who are fit only for destruction, those he has been patient with for all this time. And he has the right to take others, such as ourselves, he said, who have been made for pouring the riches of his glory into, whether we be Jews and Gentiles, and be kind to us so that everyone can see how very great his glory is. Now in verse 25, Paul said, remember what the prophet or the prophecy of Hosea says. There God says that he will find other children for himself who are not from his Jewish family and will love them, though no one had ever loved them before. I'm thankful for that. And the heathen, that's us, and of whom it once was said, you are not my people, shall be called the sons of the living God. That's us. And then Isaiah the prophet cried concerning, verse 27, concerning the Jews that though there would be millions of them, Jewish people, only a small number would ever be saved. The Lord prophesied this through the prophet Isaiah centuries before it happened. Verse 28, for the Lord will execute his sentence upon the earth quickly, ending his dealings, justly cutting them short. And Isaiah says in another place that except for God's mercy, all the Jews would be destroyed, all of them, just as everyone in the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah Perished. I raised these people up. I gave them my laws. I gave them my precepts. I showed them my glory. I led them on a journey. I caused them to inherit a land. And yet I will see them destroyed. Just as I did Sodom and Gomorrah. That shakes me. And the Bible said that these Jewish people have stumbled over the great stumbling stone. God warned them of this in the scriptures, verse 33, when he said, I have put a rock in the path of the Jews. And many will stumble over him, Jesus. Those who believe in him will never be disappointed. We like to... We like to predict what God will do in people's lives. We like to think that because God has done it a, a certain way for a certain time, that he's always going to do it that way, and he's always going to do it with the same people. 
that because God raised up a church, the church, and built it upon a rock, we believe that everybody that has ever been a part of a church, as long as they're trying their very best, will never have to see destruction or disaster. But Paul is reminding us about the sovereign nature of God, that when mercy is overextended, that judgment is the final answer. And he said, I, I, I'm, not going to, I'm not going to prejudice myself. I'm, I'm not going to continue to bless people just because I blessed them in the past. I, I won't continue to pour my glory into people just because they prayed hard in the past. Because if something changes... I can pivot at any time because I am going to find myself a people for my name's sake. Now, in verse 18 of chapter 10, the Bible said, But what about the Jews? Have they heard God's word? Yes, for it has gone wherever they are. The good news has been told to the ends of the earth. And did they understand that God would give his salvation to others if they refused to take it? Yes, for even back in the time of Moses, God had said that he would make his people jealous and try to wake them up by giving his salvation to the foolish heathen nations. And later on in Isaiah, Isaiah said boldly that God would be found by people who weren't even looking for him. In the meantime, he keeps on reaching out his hands to the Jews but they keep on arguing and refusing to come. This is telling us that God will raise the people up, but the moment that they detach themselves from him, they start doing things the way that they want to do them, and they start circumventing his directives and start circumventing his laws and his statutes and, and quenching the spirit of God and stopping up the flow of God. If they stop being the people of God, he will stop being their God. This is New Testament. Paul is warning the New Testament church in Rome, be careful, I'm giving you an example of what has happened to those who are my brothers and sisters among the Jewish religion. Don't think that God won't do it to you. Now, when you get to when you get to the 11th chapter of the book of Romans in chapter 2, the Bible said, no, God has not discarded his own people whom he chose from the very beginning. Do you remember what the scriptures say about this? Elijah the prophet was complaining to God about the Jews, telling God how they had killed the prophets and torn down God's altars. Elijah claimed that he was the only one left in all the land who still loved God, and now they were trying to kill him too. And do you remember how God replied? God said, no, you're not the only one left, Elijah. I have 7,000 others besides you who still love me and have not bowed down to idols. He said, it is the same today. He's bringing the examples of the past 
into the current situation in the church at Rome. He said it's just the same today. Not all the Jews have turned away from God. There are a few being saved as a result of God's kindness in choosing them. He's talking about the transition from the Jewish religion to the kingdom of God, a spiritual kingdom and the preaching of the gospel and the ministry and the sacrifice and the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He said there were some Jewish people, most of the nation, that could not make the turn when transition came. He said, but some have, and I'm one of them, and I'm here to tell you, be careful. Now, in verse 9, he said, King David spoke of this same thing when he said, let their good food and other blessings trap them into thinking all is well between themselves and God. Let these good things boomerang on them and fall back upon their heads to justly, justly crush them. What a verse of scripture. What he's saying is they have the blessings of God on them. God is not going to repent of his gifts and callings. They are without repentance. He is not going to necessarily withdraw his blessings. But their blessings are going to become the method of their deception. And blindness is going to come to them. And the blessings of God upon them are going to convince them that everything is okay with them and God. When they have stumbled at the rock Christ Jesus and have rejected the gospel. It's a fearful thing. Because God, God is sovereign. Now it's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the Lord is serious. The Lord is serious about what he is doing with his people. Now, verse 14. He, he said, so that if possible, he said, if it's possible, I, I can make them want what you Gentiles have in that, in that way, save some of them. I can, Paul said, I can preach to the Jews and I can tell them what the Lord is doing among the Gentile races and in the church. And he said, in that way, I can save some of them. And how wonderful it will be when they become Christians. And when God turned away from them, it meant that he turned to the rest of the world to offer his salvation. And now it is even more wonderful when the Jews come to Christ. It will be like dead people coming back to life. And so, yeah, the Lord has turned his back on them. The Lord has turned away from them. But he said, I'm just waiting on them to turn back to me. And I will, I will reach for them again. I will touch them again. I will show them my glory again. But if they don't, there's blindness that is coming to the nation. Now, I want to tell this church tonight that we are living in a very dangerous moment of time. The church is at a pivot place. We're at a place of great transition. We're transitioning from the status quo into the acceleration of the events of the end time that will culminate with the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. There are catastrophic things that are coming to this world and the church cannot afford to let its feet slip during this time. And we, we can't afford to just keep doing what we've always done if we're doing it for that reason. 
But if the Lord has ordained for us to keep on doing what we're doing because he is still in the middle of what we're doing, you better believe we better do what we've always done better than we've ever done it before and with more passion and desire than we've ever done it before. You'll understand here in a few minutes. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord. We cannot get lost in this hour. We cannot lose our way in this hour. We cannot get carnal in this hour. We cannot stop praying in this hour. We cannot think that we can just put this thing on autopilot and put our praise on autopilot. Well, it's the same song again. We'll give God a little praise and see if the preacher can resurrect this thing. No, no. The power of God is in this place because this is what God is blessing. And until God says he's not blessing this, this is exactly what we're going to keep on doing. And we're going to do it with everything in us. I wish somebody would praise him. You'll understand here in a few minutes. Now he talks about, he begins to compare Israel to this fledgling Jew-Gentile church. And he talks about the tree which is, which is Israel and and he says in verse 16, the latter part, he said, For if the roots of the tree, that's Israel, are holy, the branches will be two. The church is the branches. Verse 17, he said, But some of these branches from Abraham's tree, some of the Jews have been broken off. And you Gentiles who are branches from, we might say, a wild olive tree were grafted in. You were not supposed to be part of this tree. But because of Israel's, I feel my help right now, because of Israel's rejection and stumbling at the rock Christ Jesus and the fact that they despise the gospel of Jesus Christ, God said, I'm going to reach for the heathens uh, to make my children jealous uh, because I want them to know that I'm still their God uh, and I'm going to have to make them blind for a while while I reach for the Gentiles. But before it's all said and done, I'm going to circle back around and the gospel's coming back to my children, the Jewish people, and there's going to be another Jew and Gentile revival. Transition is coming to the church in these last days. He said, so now you too receive the blessing of God. Had, uh, had blessing God has promised to Abraham and his children, sharing in God's rich nourishment of his own special olive tree. But you must be careful, Romans. Be careful, Church of Rome not to brag about being put in to replace the branches that were broken off. Remember that you are important only because you are now part of God's tree. You're just a branch, not the root. I'm headed somewhere tonight. He said, well, you may be saying those branches were broken off to make room for me. I must be pretty good. He said, watch out. Remember that though, oh, I'm going to preach tonight. He said, remember that those branches, the Jews, were broken off because they didn't believe God. And you are there only because you do believe God. Do not be proud, but be humble and grateful and careful. If there is ever a time where we need to appreciate being a part of the church of the living God, it is today. I, I'm not really looking for your response. You can praise him if you want to. 
But if there's ever been a time when we need to get back to an altar and humble ourselves, if there's ever been a time where we need to remind God how grateful that we are, that we were plucked from the heathen soil of this world, if there's ever a time where we needed to be careful about the placement of God's people within the church, it is today. Because he said, for if God did not spare the branches he put there in the first place. He won't spare you either. Stay with me. Now he says in verse 22. Now notice. How God is both kind. And severe. He's very hard on those who disobey. Are you listening? This is New Testament. This is not that old, ancient, archaic stuff under the law. He said he's very hard on those who disobey, but very good to you if you continue to love and trust him. But if you don't, you too will be cut off. On the other hand, if the Jews leave their unbelief behind and come back to God, God will graft them in, graft them back into the tree again. He has the power to do it for if God was willing to take you who were so far away from him being part of a wild olive tree and graft you into his own good tree, a very unusual thing to do, don't you see that he will be far more ready to put the Jews back again who were there in the first place? He said, I want you to know about this truth from God, dear brothers, so that you will not feel proud and start bragging. Are you listening to me tonight? Verse 28. Now many of the Jews are enemies of the gospel. They hate it. He said they hate it. But this has been a benefit to you. For it has resulted in God's giving his gifts to you Gentiles. Yet the Jews are still beloved of God because of his promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. For God's gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. He will never go back on his promises. Once you were rebels against God. But when the Jews refused his gifts, God was merciful to you instead. And now the Jews are the rebels. But someday they too will share in God's mercy upon you. For God has given them all up to sin so that he could have mercy upon all alike. Oh, what a wonderful God we have. He said, how great are his wisdom and knowledge and riches. How impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his methods. For who among us can know the mind of the Lord who knows enough to be his counselor and his guide? And who could ever offer the Lord enough to induce him to act? For everything comes from God alone. Everything lives by his power. And everything is for his glory. To him be glory forevermore. He is telling the church at Rome. That the ways of God cannot be predicted. And I know that you Gentiles 
think that it's always going to be well with you in the Lord just because you have been born again of the water and the spirit just because you have adapted and adopted adapted to and adopted a holy lifestyle just because now you know how to pray and just because now you no longer sacrifice to idols but if you turn your altars into furniture and if you turn your faith into unbelief and fear and if you walk away from the thing that you have learned. You're just a branch church of Rome. I want you to know that you are important to God as long as you serve him uh, with all of your heart and you are obedient to him uh, but you will experience the severity of God uh, if you get a disobedient heart and mind and you lose faith. I'm preaching to people in this place. Your seat uh, in this building does not guarantee uh, the favor of God uh, upon your life. We're not there yet. We're living in a pivotal moment. We're living in a dangerous time. There's a lot of voices. They're preaching all over the place, all over social media, all over live stream, all over the television, all over the radio. Yes, they're still on the radio. They're preaching. They're preaching different messages and people saying different things. And I'm going to tell you something. I, I, I'm going to tell you, I haven't bought into this stuff that God's doing a new thing with the church as far as getting us out of the building. I hadn't believed that for one second. Because you ain't going to convince me that somebody sitting there watching live stream, no offense, in their underwear is experiencing what we're experiencing in this building here tonight. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, and so much more as you see that day approaching. Well, I watch it on live stream. Well, how many people got the Holy Ghost in your living room tonight? How many guests did you have in your living room watching live stream tonight? Or do you like it on live stream just so you can sit there and sip your latte and not have to get out of your pajamas? I'm going to tell you that God has a plan for the church, and it's not to disassemble them. That's the devil's plan. And if you think God's trying to get us out of the building, we should have been out of the building a long time ago. But it doesn't mean we're supposed to leave the building. Well, it's routine. It's tradition. Tradition. Services are tradition. You know who they're tradition to? People that come together and do the same old stuff and the glory left years ago. God gave Israel a plan for the tabernacle. This is what he said to do. Put an altar here. Put a laver there. Put a table there. Put a golden stand, a candlestick there. Put an altar of incense there. Make sure the veil's there. The priest is going through there with the, with the ashes and the smoke from off the incense. He's going through the veil, and he's going to sprinkle the blood from the sacrifice on the mercy seat. And if everything is done right, the glory of God is going to fill the holy of holies. And they sacrificed every day, and they did that every year on the 
the Day of Atonement. And you know what? The glory showed up every year for 1,500 years minus about 70 years and the years leading up to Christ. Uh, doing the same thing over and over and over again uh, does not mean that God is not in it. If you're doing the plan of God and the glory of God is showing up, we're doing what God wants us to do. The people that are shutting down their churches are the people where the glory is not showing up anymore. It's a reproach to the church if somebody can say, I felt the same thing watching live stream as I did when I used to come to church. Fully on you. You must not have done anything when you came to church if you're feeling the same thing in your living room that we're feeling in here. You ain't gonna tell me God used a virus to shut the church down. God don't work that way. If he was trying to shut the church down, it's because he's judging the church. Now here's the problem. We're just branches. We're just branches. We're just a branch. We're not the tree. We're just a branch. God, don't cut off the branch. Don't cut us off, God. Because I see some branches getting cut off right now around the world. I see some churches getting cut off right now. Pastors today saying we're not having Sunday night anymore because we can't get anybody to show up. You better light a fire. And if all you have is to show up, you better open the doors of the church. Paul said, Paul said, you listen to me, Romans, you better learn a lesson from my ancestors. The minute you stop being what God wants you to be, God will cut you off. He cut those branches off. He'll cut, the, he'll cut that branch off. I'm going to tell you something. I'm not being ugly. I'm not being ugly. I hold a license. Okay, I'm for it and all that kind of stuff. But being a part of the United Pentecostal Church International does not guarantee us a place in heaven. And it is not the fullness of the kingdom of God. And if the United Pentecostal Church or the Assemblies of the Lord Jesus Christ or the PAW or the PCAF or the WPF isn't doing the will of God, he'll cut us off. Because we're just a branch. God will reach. He reached for the heathen one time. And he'll do it again. If he's got to bring the whoremongers and the prostitutes and the drug dealers and people off the streets to do the will of God, he is going to find somebody that will appreciate his blessings and understand I could have been born an Esau, but I was born a Jacob. And I don't understand it, but his blessings are on me. I could have been born a Pharaoh. I 
I could, I could have been born where God looked at me and said, I can't see any redeemable value in him. So I'm going to use him and raise him up and give him a kingdom so that I can tear it down and reveal my glory in him. And he'll burn in hell, but my people will come out with great substance. It's only tradition if the glory ain't showing up. If the, do- if the glory quits showing up, woe be unto us. Don't you dare come in this place tonight and go through some kind of motion to appease your conscience. The goal is for us to give him glory and to provide a sacrifice for him and to give him praise. So I want to let the devil know we're going to keep on coming to the house of the Lord and putting something on the altar and we're going to keep our bra- we're going to keep the brazen labor open. We're going to keep the baptismal tank open not just on a baptism Sunday but 24-7 365 we're going to keep on eating our unleavened bread we're going to keep on lighting the candlestick we're going to keep on sending up the incense God, don't cut greater faith off. Don't cut us off, God. God, I'm pleading with you, don't quit showing up in our services. Don't quit being here in the house of the Lord waiting on us when we get here. God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, would you help us, Lord? Would you help the church? Would you help us, Lord, to make the turn? Would you help us to make the transition? In the name of the Lord, would you help us, oh God? We're not trying to go back to our tradition. We're trying to stay the course with what you told us to do. Oh God, God, I want to tell you, we're not going to take it for granted. We're not, we're not going to just play church, Lord. We're not going to just go through some religious exercise. We're not going to do it. We're not going to do it if you don't show up. If you don't show up, God, we didn't have church. If you don't show up, Lord, Katar and the Rebosia, 
in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord, come on. There's billions of people around the world that wish they could be in the presence of God like this. But this is only a thimble full of what God wants to do among his people in the last day. They that do know their God shall be strong and shall do exploits. Oh, Satala Bokanda. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. In Jesus' name, oh God, oh God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Jesus, oh God. Jesus in your name. Jesus in your name, O oh God. Akatara musike telemekeya mahaya. And the bohurebe setekeya mayata. Reach over and pray with a brother and sister. Just reach over and join with somebody. Reach over and pray for somebody. This is body ministry here. Oh, Ramanda la Bosia. Kaya Taranda la Bosia. In Jesus' name, oh God, oh God, we need you, Father. Kanda la Bosia, Kaya Maya Talamosia. Oh, Yalabo Kanda la Bosia. Yeah, I want somebody to tell the Lord right now. I want to give you everything. I don't want to hold anything back from you, Lord. Forgive me, Lord, for my complacency. Forgive me, Lord, God, I'm just a branch. You don't need to cut me off, God, because I'm going to give you everything. Oh. Shelende akaya torremende lebekea. Oh, yandela mosea.
Somebody needs to repent tonight. Some cold saint of God sitting out there, some backslid. Young man, young lady. You need to repent tonight. Don't think because your mom and daddy attend church here that things are well between you and God. You're just a branch and he will cut you off. He will. He will turn to somebody else with the gospel. He sure will. Paul said this in a dispensation of grace. He will do it. Come on, pray through, pray through, pray through, pray through, pray through tonight. Come on, pray through tonight, pray through tonight. I want you to recapture that fire. I want you to recapture that burden in the name of the Lord. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. Just because I go to church doesn't mean I'm a part of the church. Doesn't mean just, to, just because I'm a, under the greater faith umbrella. It means nothing. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. God, we're not going to rely on our credentials. We're not going to rely on our position. We're not going to rest in the confidence of our heritage. We desire and hunger after the deep things of God. Deep things of God. Deep things of God. In the name of Jesus. Come on, let it, let it soak. Let it soak into your spirit. I want you to open your heart up. I want you to open your mind up and let God saturate you here tonight. Jesus, 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 
Somebody needs to pray that prayer. God, I humble myself under the mighty hand of God. I want you to know how grateful that I am to be a part of your body. I want you to know how careful that I am to follow you, to desire your goodness, to not take advantage of your mercy in the name of Jesus. Listen to me, I need you to hear a few things. I'm not trying to finish a sermon, but I believe there's a few things that the Lord wants us to hear tonight. I don't think I know it all. Matter of fact, I know I don't. I'm confident in what I do know until or unless the Lord said look a little deeper but I'm a preacher of the gospel for whatever reason people don't think preachers should be bold in the pulpit anymore and a lot of those people are preachers we've all been trying to figure out what to do with this season we've all been trying to figure out but I'm going to tell you I'm going to tell you, like a light bulb came on to me up in the office right before prayer tonight. And everybody's, I, I think everybody's sincerely been saying the best that they can. And I'm not saying I'm right and everybody else is wrong, but this is what dawned on me. The Lord said, or people have been saying that the Lord allowed this whole thing to happen get the church to change the way it's doing church but it dawned on me tonight what if it's the opposite what if through all of this the Lord wanted to see who would continue to be the church we're not we're not shutting down we're not getting rid of Sunday night church. We're not doing it. I'm going to tell you, and, and we had never even thought about it, so don't worry. I'll be here and the staff will be here if nobody else is here. <laughs> Amen. But listen, if the Lord told you to shut your church down on Sunday night, by all means, go right ahead. But you be careful. If you're doing it out of convenience. And you be careful if you're using COVID as an excuse for something you've been wanting to do for a long time. 
Because I'm going to tell you, this is God's church. And I'm going to tell you something. He said, where two or three are gathered together in my name. And if the Lord wanted two or three in the building on Sunday night, just so his glory could show up. There better be two or three in the building. We're the church. Now I'm going to clarify something else. I'm going to clarify something else. Because they did the same thing for 1,500 years, but there came a time when they came out of Babylonian captivity. Israel was never the same. The temple wasn't the same after that. The building looked similar. They repaired what had been torn down. But what was inside the temple of Solomon was not inside the temple of Zerubbabel nor the temple of Herod. It was empty religion. And Christ came. I get that. Tabernacle. God with man. Now we're the temple of the Holy Ghost. I get that. But he didn't reject the Jews because they weren't doing right by the tabernacle. He rejected them because they replaced the lawgiver with his laws. And they loved his word more than they loved him. And they were trying to ascend to be good enough to be saved and to be right. And he said, you missed the whole purpose of the law. He said, I got to turn away. Christ now has become a stumbling block. The law was to lead us to Christ. You've had the law for 1,500 years and you can't see him standing right in front of you. Matter of fact, you nailed him up on a cross. And he turned away from them. Now Paul said all of this. He spent three chapters warning them. Be careful, church of Rome. Be careful. God kept those branches off. And he'll cut this branch off if that's what he needs to do. And the last verse that I read to you was the end of chapter 11. The very next verse, Paul says, So. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto you. One translation said, this is not even close to being too much to ask. It's your reasonable service. So what he is saying is, to the church of Rome, if you don't want what happened to my ancestors and my people to happen to you, present your bodies a living sacrifice and let God have his way in your life. Now, I'm going to tell you this. I've been praying about this a long time, and I've had a lot of conversations with God. I talked with somebody up in the office tonight. And I put it out there to him, and I said, I want you to hear what I got to say, and then I want to hear what you have to say. And I told him a couple of things that were bothering me about where we are. And he said, 
if you're doing what God has told you to do to the fullest that you know to do it, then God will not fail to do what he's supposed to do. And he said, don't worry. Don't worry about what you're not seeing. Because he said, it will change. And when it does, anything that greater faith, hope, LC, the whole umbrella, anything that you've ever seen before will pale in comparison when it changes. Hold on. But I'm telling you what, if we come in here and just get happy clappy with Jesus and our favorite song is not being sung and they've sung that song a hundred times and oh, he's preaching again. And If we kind of get that and we get song religion and preacher religion and we take this opportunity for granted, I said it this morning. I want us to go back to last April. Brother Steve, where are you at? Brother Steve was so fed up with it, he wouldn't even have parking lot church. I'd look back here at an empty building there to sit Brother Steve in here. And he told me after church, he said, unless you kick me out, I'm right here. I'm not leaving the building. Now, I bet all of y'all felt that way. I get it. Okay. But when they opened back up and we came back in this building, remember how we said we would never take it for granted again. It's easy. It's easy to take it for granted. But you keep on sowing seed. You keep on teaching Bible studies. You keep on reaching for the lost. You keep on praying for backsliders. Keep on praying for your kids, your grandkids, your co-workers, your neighbors, your grand, just everybody in your life. Keep on praying because God will give the increase. But there is a pivot that is happening right now in the church. I was told by somebody this afternoon, an entire district, an entire district, every church except for two, have quit having Sunday night forever. An entire district. And they said one of them, which is a very renowned church, is about to stop theirs. Are you hearing me? That doesn't sound like and so much more as you see that day approaching. I, I do not care what people think about what I'm saying right now. I'm telling you right now. In Elijah's day, God narrowed it down to 7,000 people in Israel. In Noah's day, he narrowed it down to eight people. And Paul said it's very similar in this day, Church of Rome. And if God did it to them, he'll do it to us. And I'm saying this to us. If God did it to them and Paul said it to them, he will do it to us. We're not going to come this far and quit casting vision and preaching faith and speaking faith and believing in everything that the Lord said. He's going to do. Amen. Somebody said in Jesus' name. 
Praise God. We're just branches. Amen. Father, I thank you for people that respond to your word. I thank you, Lord, for your power and your anointing. Thank you for a visitation of the Holy Ghost all day long in our services, Lord, starting this morning all the way up through tonight. Let this word stay with us. Don't let us get so addicted to the preaching that we miss the God that the preaching is trying to point us to. Don't let us exchange the law for the lawgiver. We need you, Lord, in this hour. Give us wisdom. Give us direction. In Jesus' name, everybody said in Jesus' name. Please stay faithful to your small groups. Stay, stay with me for a second. Everything matters. Everything matters. You being there matters. For some of you, it's not the exact thing that you want. Doesn't matter. One of these weeks, we're going to see a report come in that over all of our small groups, we had over 50 guests in our small groups. And then we're going to start hearing... We had seven get the Holy Ghost tonight in our small groups. We had 12 tonight get the Holy Ghost in our small groups. But what the Lord is doing is he is getting the body to open up and, and to vocalize and, and to process the word and to be a strength to one another and to minister to one another. Now...